Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. Mark chapter 16. I just read the scripture a minute ago. We'll start there in teaching. Praise God. We'll give everybody a chance to get back in and get seated. Hallelujah. Now again, let me read. Verse 14 here of Mark chapter 16. Now before we, before we teach, let me rehearse back to you. The series that we're, we're teaching right now is what I call the power doctrines. The power of the word. Everybody say power of the word. Now you'll see that the power of the word is going to run, weave itself through the doctrine of the power of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost because we have understanding of how this power works by the word. So the word empowers everything. You understand that? The Bible says that Jesus upholds all things by his mighty word of power. So we know that even in the material realm, everything that is existent in the material realm is not held together by some bionic force. It's held together by a spiritual force, the Word of God. You take the Word of God out of what we see as manifested creation, and manifested creation dissolves. You say, why? There's no structure to hold it, hold it together. The Bible says He upholds, maintains, guides, and propels the universe by His mighty Word of power. Amen. So the Word is going to run, how can I say this? Uh, 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 continually through these doctrines because we get revelation from the Word. And what does the Word say about power? It says that power comes through knowledge. Now, physical power does not come through knowledge. It comes through exercise. Soulish power comes through education and discipline. Spiritual power comes through meditation of the Word of God and prayer. Amen? So as you learn these things, you'll find out that you know, if you, you, go after, you go after physical power, you'll produce strength. There'll be strength in your body. The problem with strength is age deteriorates strength. No matter how strong you are when you're 21, when you're 61, you're not near as strong unless your name is Jack LaLanne. How many know who Jack LaLanne is? Man, we need some young people in this church, don't we? I'm just kidding you. We've got plenty of good young people, Amen. He used to come on TV early in the mornings. My mom used to do jumping jacks with him, you know. You exercise your soulish power, your education, your willpower, all that. And you, and you will. You'll develop willpower and discipline in your life. But listen, you develop spiritual power, you'll overcome everything. Everything that inhibits your willpower and everything that keeps your body weak, you'll overcome it all. You can live strong spiritually and not really be proficient in physical exercise because Paul himself said, well, physical exercise, it helps a little. Amen. But we need to be what? Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might because the days ahead are going to be even more perilous than the days we faced. But you know, I believe through prayer and intercession, we've readied ourselves and prepared ourselves to face what's coming with joy. Everybody say with joy. You say, what does that mean? Right in the midst of the worst days, we're going to be laughing, shouting, running, and dancing because Jesus is going to be doing great things in our midst. Amen? Now, here in Mark, I don't think we've really recognized what happened here. I mean, I've, I've taught this, taught this in Bible school, go into all, you know, they kind of paint this flowery picture of Jesus standing there and looking at the disciples, telling them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every, you know, that's not how it happened. Let, let's stay with the Word. Look what happens. 
Verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto, 11, uh, unto the eleven as they sat at me and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. He was mad. He wasn't given some flowery commission. He was like, what's up? They told you I was alive and you didn't believe them. He started what? Upbraiding them. For their unbelief. So what is the cure for unbelief? Here it is right here. And he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What was his answer? For the doubt and unbelief of the disciples, it was the commission to go into the world and preach the gospel and the authority that that carries. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. You say, what do you mean? Well, I notice most people that aren't involved in taking the gospel to their world, it's easy to get them into doubt and unbelief. I mean, all it takes is some little hit here, hit there, and oh, God's not real, and it doesn't work, and faith's not real, and you throw it. No, 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 God is real. Amen. Let me, can I help you with something? The Lord shared this with me. It really helped me. When everything is going wrong in life, don't let yourself be the last thing you look at. Let me try that again. It maybe, maybe didn't land the way it needed to. Let me try that one more time. When everything is going wrong in life, don't let yourself be the last thing you look at. Because much of this authority and power you need to exercise on behalf of your own life. So he says, look, guys, man, you didn't even believe them. I told you and told you and told you I was going to raise from the dead. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and the stone was rolled away. You guys ran down there and you didn't believe nothing. You went back home. I walked through the wall and appeared under, the, under, under 10 of you guys. And Thomas, he didn't believe the rest of you. Doubting Thomas. So he says this, go, go, go in all world, preach the gospel to every creature. But now we're studying the name, the power of the name right now. Now notice this. He says, in this sign shall follow them that believe. What are signs? Do I know what a sign is? It points a direction. Amen. It points a direction. These signs shall follow them that believe. So Jesus is fixing to say, there's some signs out there that are going to point to me. They're going to point a direction. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name... No, let's go back up. He said unto them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized. Everybody say baptized. Now, can I help you with that? There ain't a drop of water in that word. Let me try that again. There's not a drop of water in that word. You say, what do you mean by that? He's not talking about being baptized in water. He's talking, being, talking about being baptized into the body of Christ or being born again. Now, let me ask you a question. If he was talking about water baptism, what good would it do to get water baptized if you weren't saved? I've always said you go down a wet center, a dry center, come up a wet one. Amen? No, he's talking about the new birth. Everybody say new birth. So he's talking about the new birth. He that is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That's pretty plain. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, they shall take up serpents. And in my name, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick in my name, and they shall recover. Greek says, hands they shall lay, well they shall be. Now all of these things, these signs, 
are initiated and activated by the name of Jesus. Now, with that in mind, go to John real quick. We're going to head right back to where we were in Acts last week, but go to John chapter 16. You're in Mark there, just Luke, John, excuse me, chapter 14, then we'll go to chapter 16. John chapter 14. Now, Jesus himself, I think we ought to pay attention to Jesus if he teaches on his name, amen? So here in the gospel of John in chapter 14, they're in, uh, yeah, let me find the easiest way to do this. They're in verse, uh, go to verse, go to verse, this will be easy. Go to verse, looks like six. Did I, bring, I didn't bring my glasses. Looks like six, seven, or eight, somewhere around there. It says, Philip, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth him. Jesus said unto him, Have you been with him so long you've not uh, known? Been so long, a, a long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, he that has seen the Father, excuse me, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou, believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He, now notice, doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And now here's the keynote scripture you need to mark in your Bible. What is that? Verse 13? Got it. And whatsoever, whatsoever, now notice we're studying the power, but I say the power in the name of Jesus. Whatsoever, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, in this portion of Scripture, actually this is not referring to prayer. Amen. He is referring to works. Do you see that in the previous scriptures above? Now, a lot of people, especially in denominational realms, they say, well, you know, Jesus said that, but that was kind of a metaphor or a shadow that the works that... Nobody's ever done the works of Jesus. I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I know men that have more miracles than Jesus ever thought of having. Woo, got quiet in here, didn't it? Not only did they have more, they have years of it, and they have it all over the world. So the works have been expanded not only in, 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 in power and ability, but in, in, in geography. Not just in a, in a little few neighborhoods of Jerusalem and a few small towns of Galilee, but all over the world people have received the healing power of God in their lives. I was, <laughs> the last time I was with Dr. Oral Roberts, I was taking him to Houston Continental Airport. And uh, so I, I, anytime I was around him, I always, I always made sure I had the question I wanted to ans ask and then I was going to be quiet because I wanted him to talk. I didn't have nothing to say. Amen. So as we approached uh, 
Intercontinental Continental Airport. I, I said to, to Dr. Roberts, I said, I said, Brother Roberts, I've got a problem. He said, what's your problem? I said, I have to take Oral Roberts through the airport, the Houston Intercontinental Continental Airport here in Houston. He smiled. He said, I got you covered. He popped open his briefcase. He pulled out this goofy-looking hat with a bill about that long, and you know the kind that have the ear flaps on it? And this big old pair of glasses and put him on his head. And he said, that usually takes care of most of the crowd. I said, okay. So he, he was kind of feeble in those days. He had me by the arm, and we were walking. And a lady, very gracious, got his attention, looked at me and said, may I come and say uh, something to Brother Roberts? I said, sure. He, he said, sure. So she was a lady that was healed in 1955 in one of his meetings. 1955 was healed in one of his meetings. Came up and just wanted to thank him, and he was very gracious. Well, you know, I, I, I was with him we, for a couple of years, we, and he talked of, of laying hands on 10,000 people a day for 20 years and saw the most miraculous signs, wonders, and miracles that you can imagine. The works that I do, you shall do also. We've rehearsed the testimony many times of the baby that was healed in the A.A. Allen meeting that, that Lee and I sat at the table with the praise and worship leader that was in that meeting, Brother R.W. Shambach, and he rehearsed blow for blow everything that took place as that little baby that was totally, totally deformed and had every, everything from blindness to mental retardation. The baby didn't even have a sex. And when that man of God set that baby on the platform, approximately four to five years old, he ran to his mo mother screaming, Mama, Mama, Mama. Never spoke a word in his life, totally blind, mentally retarded, had no uh, sexual organs or anything like that. Feet were rolled up, club feet, and God's power set that little baby totally free. The works that I do, you shall do all. So what about people being raised from the dead? Well, Smith Wigglesworth had approximately 28 people raised from the dead in his ministry that were, that were documented. One of the most outstanding was he walked into a church there in England and one of the elders was missing. The elders sat on the elder benches on the platform. One of the elders was missing from the elder bench. He said, where is so-and-so called him by name? They said, oh, Brother Wigglesworth, he passed away yesterday and is laying and stayed up at the funeral home. He said, I'll be right back. He said, I'm going to go get him, raise him from the dead, and he's going to speak to us about the glory of God. He went to the funeral home, threw the guy over his shoulder, came back, flopped him down in the in the in the in the in the in the uh, in the uh, in the elders bench, walked back over the guy still laying there dead, and said, "In the name of Jesus." The guy got up, and came up here, and preached. The works that I do, you shall do also, and even greater works because I go to my Father. But you're going to have to understand the power of my name, because if you're a believer. You can lead people to Jesus, and that's the greatest miracle. Jesus never was able to do that. See, you lead people to Jesus, they get born again. I don't care if somebody has no arms or legs or a head, and you pray for them and they get it all, that's still not a greater miracle than the new birth, than being born again. So you've got power to get people saved in the name of Jesus. You've got power to cast out devils. Don't let devils hang around your house. Don't let them torment your children. Don't let them do it. Listen, take authority over the devil in the name of Jesus. Listen, you've got this in you whether you know it or not. Let me, let me demonstrate. You have this in you right now. No, devil, get out of here in the name of Jesus. One of the most powerful areas of your life you can use the name of Jesus to fight the devil is in your mind. 
when he puts those thoughts of doubt, unbelief, poverty, and lack, all that drama he runs through your mind. Listen, that can stop if you will stop it. I've heard people say, I can't sleep at night. I lay down and the thoughts just run through my head. Well, get a little teaching on faith in the name of Jesus. And when you lay down in bed, say, devil, get out of my mind. Leave my mind alone in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, the word says, now here we go to the power of the word. He giveth his beloved sleep. Ephesians says, I'm accepted into the beloved. Psalm says, I will lay my head down. My sleep shall be sweet and undisturbed. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to lay my head down and I'm going to sleep according to the power of the word and my mind is not going to be tormented by a bunch of thoughts. Amen. Don't let the devil mess with you. I like this. If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. Now that doesn't mean go out and drink strychnine, do something like that. Amen. But you know, actually this means an inward partaking. So you have to understand, you might get an inward partaking of something in your ears. Amen? You don't have to accept that. Now let me just say this. Just be gracious. Don't, don't, be, you know, don't be obnoxious. But I've had several friends of mine that when doctors looked across the decks and gave them the, a report, they just said no. Say, I know that's what you have on a piece of paper right there, but I've got more paper. Amen? No, no, you make a decision in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If something deadly comes into my mind, an inward, an inward partaking, if, if I drink any deadly thing, I've been praying. You know, in my, in my healing confession, it's funny because the Lord made me add that to my healing confession about three months ago. I, I, thank you, Heavenly Father. You know, the, the, our food is sanctified by the Word of God in prayer. And then right next to that, the Lord said, now say this. If I drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm me. Amen? And so I don't think there's anything. Well, you never know. You never know. Thank God God knows. Amen? Oh, this is good. Whew. Hallelujah. Where was I? Oh, yeah, we were talking about the, the, the Great Commission, but we were here in John chapter 14. Let me finish this. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, whatsoever you shall ask. Everybody say ask. Now, if we were studying on prayer, we would not be using this scripture. And I'll show you in just a minute. Go to John 16. You can go over there, but don't go there yet. This word is not the word petition or request where you ask God. I, I've been in meetings where, where, where one of the ministers would say, ask God to heal you. I'd say, I, I thought to myself, why are you asking him to do that? He's already done it. Well, we said, now just ask God to heal you and he'll do it. I know they never got healed because that's not faith. You don't have to ask for something that you already possess. Amen. Amen. You say, what do you mean? When you got saved, you got a total package deal. The word sotos, which is the word salvation, means healing. Uh, uh, healing. Healing. Oh, my mind just went blank. Healing. Preservation. Soundness safety, and deliverance. Doesn't say nothing about heaven. He said, well, why do I get to go to heaven? Because you're no longer a possessor of human iniquity. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. That's your ticket to heaven right now. No, it won't be any unrighteous people in heaven. Amen? So, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt, hurt you. Now, notice this. If you ask 
anything in my name. If you, that word ask is demand. Amen? So say you do drink something that poisons you or eat a bad oyster. Since we live in Galveston, we've had a few of those. Right, Sarah? <laughs> well, you've, you've ingested it. The Bible says, do what? Make a demand. Make a demand. What if a devil rises up at your home and tries to torment one of your children? What do you do? You make a demand. You make a demand. What if there's a sick person in your house or in your family? You make a demand. You demand it. You command it. You, you have authority. You have a commission. Mark 16 is your commission. Here's your marching orders. Here's your marching orders. Demand it. Devil, leave him alone. Let go of my finances. Get your hands off my finances. Get off your get, get, leave my mind alone. Amen. I mean, you can begin to demand with the name of Jesus. Listen, we don't demand anything of God. Oh, I demand, no, 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 no. That's not what this scripture is about. This scripture is not about you doing this kind of business. This scripture is about you doing this kind of business. See, here's the thing. We expect God to change things, but God expects us to change things by the power of his word, by the power of his name, and by the power of his Holy Ghost. A lot of people exhaust themselves on their knees praying, oh God, help me, help me, change me, change me, do this, do that. And God's just saying, get some education in the word of God and go do it yourself. Because all of my supernatural power is not being released from heaven to earth. It's being released from those with faith upon the earth toward each other because the Holy Ghost is in the earth. When we get over on the power of the Holy Ghost, you're going to get real happy. Amen? So, combining the scripture here in John with what Jesus taught us in Mark, we understand that these areas in which there's devils and sickness and things we shouldn't drink, we we should what? Use the name of Jesus and its authority to put demand, demand it stop. Demand it quit. Now listen, somebody said this to me after teaching on the authority of the believer one time. They said, well, what if I do that and it doesn't work? Your problem is, is you don't have faith in it because when you do it, it does work. You're you're just judging the results by what you feel, taste, see, smell, or hear. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. I know an acquaintance of mine, he's not a real good friend, but I know him. He knows me. He prayed for a man uh, with epilepsy, laid hands on him, wasn't any special thing, just laid hands according to the scripture, prayed for him, and the man fell down in an epileptic, epileptic fit when he, when he finished praying. Boy, that's a <laughs> hallelujah, you know. So he lay, and so uh, the, the pastor that's ha- that it happened in his church was telling me the story. He said, this minister just walked off, just turned around and walked off, and the pastor said, I hollered him, said, hey, wait, 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 this guy's going into a seizure. And that guy said, I don't recognize it. I don't believe it. And this pastor said, I thought to myself, you idiot, you better believe it. He's laying right down jerking on the floor like a fish out of water. For three days, that man had the worst seizures he had ever had since he had been diagnosed. The fourth day, he had no seizure and never had any seizures again. Why? In my name. In my name. In my name. Power of the name of Jesus. Now, real quick, just go to chapter 16. Oh, my time is up. Let's do this one real quick. Though I don't want to lose this. You need to hear this. Chapter 16, because it goes in, in line with that. Let me find it here. Chapter 16, it's over here in verse um, 
Let me find it. Ah, verse 23. Now it says, In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Everybody say nothing. Now notice that again. In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name. Now there we go again. Ask in my name. Ask in my name. Ask in my name. But now here he is referring to the activity of the Father. Now remember in chapter 14 he said, now you make a demand in my name, I'm going to do it. Did you hear that? He said it, that gives you the right to believe it, and the word that says it empowers you to believe it. That's why we meditate on the word. But here he says, now, ask the Father in my name, and he will give it to you. Heretofore, have you asked nothing in my name? Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now, this is another great reality of the power of the name of Jesus. Everybody say access. Say access. This is where the power of the name of Jesus gives us access to the heavenly Father for a purpose of petition and request. And the Bible says, if you ask in my name, Jesus says this, that is the word, petition or request. If you ask in my name, who's going to do it? Jesus? No. No, said the Father's going to do it. Now, let me just say this. Now, don't get mad, write me letters. Take it up with the writer of the Bible. It is not scriptural according to the new covenant to ask Jesus for anything. Let me try that again. It is not scriptural according to the new covenant that we live in to ask Jesus for anything. You say, why not? Because he said in John chapter 16, don't ask me. He said, in that day. Well, we need to figure out what day that is. Well, he was speaking to them before his death, burial, and resurrection. So we know that after his death, burial, and resurrection, a better covenant based on better promises was established in his blood. So he's talking about now. Here in the nasty now and now, we have access, access to the Father. Now, wait a minute. See, somebody, uh, uh, all, of, all of you people with a good, strong Catholic background, should have got up and ran around the church. Amen. Well, I used to preach like this in Ireland. It'd make all the Americans nervous. Why would you say that, Pastor? Because I'm crazy. You don't need a big hat. You don't need a long robe. You don't need centuries of tradition and religion. All you need to get the attention of the heavenly Father, the creator of all that is and was and will ever be, the one who is the lover of your soul, the one who created you in his likeness and image, all you need to be standing in his presence in the very throne room of God is the name of Jesus. And when you stand before the Father and you can bring that petition or request and say, Father, I've come to you in the name of Jesus. You can be sure that your petition has been heard by the Heavenly Father because that is what the Word of God says. So, our conclusion today, look at the two areas in which the name of Jesus operates in power the power of the name of Jesus 
to make demands or commands against the devil. Let me say this. Listen, if you anything in your life that, that's putting resistance against your spirituality, you understand that? I mean, you say, what is that? Getting busy. You know, you get so busy. Well, you know, I didn't read the other day. Busy, 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 busy. You got something that's busy. You know, I, I was, that, that was a goal. You know, that's your goal when you're in ministry. You got to get busy, full-time ministry. You got to be busy, busy, full-time ministry. Busy, busy, full-time ministry. Well, wait till you get there. We were doing 300 meetings a year. We were busy, busy. Lord says, you're so busy, you're about to kill yourself. Well, I got, I got a little less busy. I notice even ministerial activity can be a distraction to your spiritual growth and development. Listen to me, church. There is nothing more important, especially in the day we are living in right now, more important than your children, more important than your job, more important than your business, more important than your career, more important than anything that's going on in your life here on this earthly realm is your spiritual life. Because, listen, let me tell you something, church. Let me just give you the bold truth right here and now. It is your spiritual life that's going to empower you to survive the days ahead. Let me say that again. It is your spiritual, you're going to survive it financially. You say, why? Because God's got a way. You're going, to sp- surpri- uh, uh, you're going to survive it medically. You say, what do you mean by that? You think COVID's the last one? They're already talking about another COVID. They got another COVID after that. Then they got one in the tube. They say, oh, you better be careful. It's like the pneumonic plague. It's got hemorrhagic fever, 80% killer. That's okay. I got the name of Jesus. That's okay. I got the name of Jesus. Well, what if it attacks you? I got the name of Jesus. Well, I think they'll pull the economy out and everything will be just fine. Do you really? Do you really? No, church. These are perilous times. The Bible says, unless God were to shorten the days, even the very elect would be deceived. But we can be sure that we can navigate these days with authority and power in the name of Jesus Because when we realize, and we're going to get into this, you're going to get so happy when we begin to discover the ways he got his name and then how you got the right to use. Oh, I mean to tell you, you better wear your tennis shoes to church. (laughs) Because it's happy stuff. Because God has given you this power. That's the problem with the church today. It's so powerless. That's why God wants you flowing in the power of the Word, the power of His name, and the power of the Holy Ghost. And when we get over and begin to look at how Jesus got His name, it's going to add to these other scriptures. It's going to do what? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Remember what Peter said last week in Acts chapter 3 when that man was healed? Oh, honey, it's His name through faith in His name. It's His name through faith in His name. It's His. He could have said, oh, it's because I'm an apostle. It's because I walked with Jesus. It's because I walked with the water. But the Holy Ghost is the one that said, you write this, Luke. He's the one that wrote Acts. You write, it's his name through faith in his name. Because that's exactly what Peter said and that's exactly what it was. And we here at Island Church, as a church and as every individual that's born again, we joyfully bear that name. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank God for that name. Thank you, Father, for the name of Jesus. Thank you for that name. In that name, Father, we cast out devils. In that name, we lay hands on the sick. In the name of Jesus, if we drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm us. Thank you for the power, the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Real quick, before we dismiss, let me ask you this question. 
You're living right. Are you doing right? Are you born again? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Have you been born again at one time, but you're not living right? I know what that's like. I know what it's like to come to myself. I know what it's like to recognize there's bread in the Father's house. I know what it's like to forsake a life that I built for myself and enter into a life that God built for me. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to be right with God. Please pray with me. If that's you, raise your hand quickly as nobody looks around. No one looking around. If that's you this morning and you need to be right, we're not going to embarrass you, ask you up here, do anything like that. But if that's you this morning, just slip your hand up real quick, put it back down. Anyone at all. We see one hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, that's me, Pastor. I want in on that prayer. Please pray with me quickly. We see another hand back there. God bless you. You can put it down. Anyone else? That's two that have raised their hand. Anyone? Real quick, I'm going to look one more time. Another. God bless you. Anyone else? That's three. Isn't that good, church? Just pray. Just pray quickly. God's dealing with hearts. Anyone else? We don't want to embarrass you. We don't want to. Listen, we're all going to stand in a minute. We're all going to pray that prayer. You're going to get in on it. But just as an act of faith, no one's looking but God. Raise your hand. Say, that's me. I want to get in on that prayer. Anyone else? Real quick. Anyone else? Praise God. Good. Stand on your feet. Praise God. Now, church, let's do this. These that raise their hand need a little help. So we're all going to pray out loud with them as they pray out loud. Can I get a better amen than that? I said we're all going to pray out loud so our own ears hear what we're saying as they pray out loud and their own ears hear what they're saying. And we're going to say this. Once we pray it, we settle it. We're right. Everybody say we're right. And we're going to stay right. You ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I confess he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life. He did signs, wonders, and miracles. He died on a cross. He rose from the dead. He did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. It's mine in Jesus' name. Areas of my life that do not please you, Lord. I confess it to you and you alone. Thanking you, Lord, that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. As I stand in the sanctuary of Island Church on January the 8th, 2023, I am born again. I am right with God. I am cleansed by His blood. I'm right with God, and I will stay right in Jesus' name. Now rejoice with them, church. Come on and rejoice with them. Hallelujah. Come on and rejoice with them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? Praise God. Praise God. Now, let me just say this, and we'll dismiss. Pray and dismiss. Uh, uh, we have prayer at 6.30 on Wednesdays. Join us if you can. Of course, Thursday night is pastoral prayer. We have some events coming up. I'm sure we'll announce them coming up with uh, Brother Daryl Strawberry again this year. About a week before that all goes down, we're going to schedule some, uh, uh, some, some extra prayer meetings because we got an open door into Ball High School. I don't know. You, you're not ca- Listen, Brother Daryl, y'all know, how many know Daryl? Y'all know our, our, our buddy, Brother Daryl? For y'all that don't know, it, it is the Daryl Strawberry. That, he going to come to Ball High. 
for two assemblies. I can think of no better man on planet Earth than Brother Daryl Strawberry to stand in front of those young people. Can I tell you a quick Daryl Strawberry story? I, it, it so impressed me. I've told it to 100 people. I don't think I've ever told it to the church. After the last service, he and I were back in the office talking. And he said, he looked at me, he said, Pastor Rusty, he said, I'm so blessed to you. I see, he said, I've had such a time. This is just awesome. He said, I was there. This is what he says, how he started. He said, I was there at Shea Stadium. He named the date and the time. He says, seventh, seventh uh, game of the world series, ninth inning, I'm the winning run. Tying runs on base. Two outs. He said, I jacked it, man. So he said it to me. He said, I jacked it over the fence. He said, I ran the bases with 80,000 fans at Shea Stadium screaming my name. He said, I want you to know something, Rusty. He said, what, I, what just happened in that auditorium of this church means more to me than that ever did. He said, well, you don't know that man. He was sincere. He was saying probably one of the most greatest experiences that a baseball player could experience. Hitting a home run, the bottom of the ninth of the World Series and winning the World Series cannot be compared to a couple hours in the glory of God. You know why? Because that's true. That's true. Isn't that cool? Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we do this every Sunday where we gather and preach and pray and enjoy your presence. But we want to take time here at the first of 2023 just to say thank you as a church. You've blessed us. We've touched nations. We've touched multitudes of people through the men and women we support and who are our friends. You've, you've connected us globally. You've not excluded, you've included us. We are so thankful. Let our lives from now on, whether by the way of the grave or your glorious rapture, let our lives glorify you. Let our church glorify you. Let who we are, what we say, what we do, let it glorify you. As we ask that our lives would be that praise and would be that worship that you would receive as that which would be pleasing unto your heart for that which you're doing. Lord, as we leave today, as is our tradition, we claim our protection. Your word says in Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. So we declare in our travels and in the righteous labor of our hand that we are protected and blessed. Lord, our students in their school classes, our teachers, our men and women that work in construction, those up at the hospital, those at American National, all over the island in Galveston County and their businesses and jobs. We declare prosperity and blessing, breakthrough and increase, and the hand of your favor being upon them so that the work of the ministry can be done here in the church. We thank you that this will be a year in which you will do exceedingly abundantly above all we've ever asked or think. And we thank you because of that, our hearts will be aflame with revival fire. Awaken to the reality that we need to be a witness to the people. Our lives should testify, and if necessary, our words should proclaim the glory of our God. Fathers, we leave today. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. 
As we leave today, we walk in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.